This is the Persico Performance Podcast. Yeah, happy days. <coughs> I'm sick too, so that's if you hear me coughing or anything. Uh, oh, in no. The background. I'll try and mute. <laughs> Cuts on your coughing. Yeah. Kia ora and welcome along to episode 7 of the Persico Performance Podcast. With us today is Mitchell Hunt, who's currently playing for the Tasman Marco and Spates Highlanders. Welcome along, mate. Um, could you start by talking a little bit about your journey to where you are now? Yeah, good as gold. Um, so I guess my journey probably started for me, um, much like uh, the majority of the footy, footy players around at the moment. Um, started off with uh, interest from, from Auckland Rugby. So um, the interest or the, the idea there was to um, head up after school and, and join the, the academy program. Um, as well for me, though, heading up there was, was uh, a bit about the heading to uni as well. Um, to, to study, obviously. Um, so yeah, that that's sort of where that opportunity was. Uh, pretty pretty awesome awesome um, experience up there for me. Played in the Auckland Under 19s, uh, my first year up in Auckland, which then led to the opportunity of um, the New Zealand Under 20s. Um, again, for the school environments or the New Zealand school environments out of high school, uh, I wasn't sure how this sort of the whole um, Auckland uh, transition was going to go, how it uh, sort of might look. So um, really stoked that that sort of under 20 opportunity um, came out of, of, of heading to Auckland, basically. Um, I guess following the, the, the 20s selection became... Um, selected or included in the, the Auckland MPC squad the following year, or sort of post that season, um, which was great, which basically took me to, how would you sort of explain it? It basically took me to the end of my academy contract, even though I was in with uh, sort of the MPC squad full-time. Yeah. Um, I got a call from, uh, I got a call from, uh, Leon McDonald, who was the Tasman coach at the time, uh, post that NPC with Auckland and basically gave me the question of, do you want to come home? Uh, meaning, do I want to sort of head back and and head back and play for Tasman C stuff? So um, obviously that, uh, you know, that, that was attractive as well. Heading back home, the family's here, uh, born and raised in Nelson. Um and Auckland was sort of a little bit funny with the contract then as well, heading into that next year. So I thought, look, bugger it, uh, let's head home. Um, part of that as well was the fact Israel Dag at the time was down at the Crusaders, had just uh, done, a sh- done a shoulder and needed a, a shoulder recon there. Uh, and part of me coming back to Tasman was also the potential to fill in as an injury cover for the next two years for, for Izzy at the time. And so where that looked for me was actually at uh, fullback or replacing as, as a, you know, as Israel as a fullback replacement. So um, headed down there, uh, had an awesome four years in that group. Um, some amazing players w- were there at the time. Um, obviously had some amazing coaches as well. Uh, the likes of Leon, obviously Razor there still. Uh, Ronan O'Gara um, and now the current 
um, All Blacks coach and, and Brad Moore as well. So he had a really special group of guys for the four years um, until two years ago. Found myself down at the Highlanders, um, trying something new, a new opportunity to to grow down there. And uh, yeah, here we are now, back for another, I don't know, maybe sixth or seventh year with the Marco again. Unreal. So I want to dash back to something you said early on in the piece there, and that was just around your uh, university education. Uh, am I correct in believing there was a physics degree you were you were chasing there? Yeah, which is just out the gates for a footy player a wee bit. <laughs> um, so did you get through it? Well, we get one year through that, two years through that. Is that something you might look at going yeah. back to, or is that something that's kind of distant memory now? Um... I think particularly for that, it, it's probably a memory now. Um, I know, you, you know, you've done the study and stuff yourself, but with the hard sciences, it's really hard to even get time to, you know, outside of the, the class off for sport and, and all that sort of extra stuff there. And yeah, um, I remember in that first year at uni, I think I tried to take the, the week off for the under 19 tournaments that I sort of mentioned. Um, and that was an absolute nightmare trying to get, class you know pass for to get off class for this week and this one and and these labs and all these little things and I guess especially for the hard sciences like that became really tough to to even couple while I was in the city let alone trying to do rugby as well and and everything else so um, unfortunately that got put put on the back burners and Geez, I'd hate to think how my maths would go <laughs> sitting in a uni classroom now <laughs> if I had to get back to it. Um, but I, the few it equations. was awesome fun. So, uh, oh, mate. <laughs> you have to go back to the basic timetables, I reckon, for me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, quite tricky to couple. So on the back burners. But in terms of the study stuff, I actually picked up a few business papers in the last couple of years towards the end of Christchurch and, and when I got to Dunedin and just trying to get a little bit of different ideas around that side of things, um, but economics, sort of business um, ownership and, and, and things there. So pretty base level stuff, but again, just something I'm sort of ticking away at to get a, to get a base knowledge of some other things as well. Yeah, nice. And then obviously, so that was a, a decision early on and you've just come through quite a massive career change or decision. Can you talk a little bit about that decision to move from the Crusaders to the Highlanders a couple of years ago? Yeah, so as I sort of mentioned already, like I had an awesome time in um, in Christchurch, um, played with some awesome players, some some genuinely you know world class guys, uh, some great coaches as well. Um, you know, as you know, been at school with you, we in that group there was actually a few guys uh, at high school with us as well. So some some long time mates, which I was playing alongside, which was awesome. Um, I suppose the one thing sort of for me that it's all, and it's pretty obvious and stands out was the, the game time there. Yeah. Um, I really sort of got the the majority of my time when when Richie was injured or if, if Rich was injured or was forced to take a you know maybe an All Blacks game off say. Um, and uh, you know I, I was talking about this with someone the other day. I just had this question sort of burning and 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 in my head I think it was so I just turned 24 or was I going to be one of these guys leaving NZ at like say 24 and then giving up a dream or just had this question in my head saying um, like can you can you foot it with 
can you foot it in Super Rugby or can you compete at Super Rugby level with all these other guys? And and that was sort of the question that was just burning inside me, I suppose. Um, and I think if I'd, if I'd left New Zealand Rugby at 24, I think that question still would have eaten me away. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, overseas, like, oh, I would never have really given it a proper chance. Um, and because as, you know, as good as maybe I was going to play or the potential to play, I just wasn't going to shift Richie out of his sort of cemented number 10 spot. Um, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic player as he is. So I guess I started that sh- shop round and, and looked at the potential places to head to. And um, I guess the Highlanders really stood out for me and, and talking with uh, Aaron Major at the time and he'd really done his homework around me and uh, obviously asked some of the current coaches that I'd been with, the likes of Leon McDonald, and um, he was really engaging around my game and he knew a lot about how I'd played and, and what I was about. And, and I think that aspect, especially from, from Aaron, um, sort of was a real magnet for me to come to the Landers. Um, as well as, I suppose, there was guys like Bryn and, and Josh um, Gatland at the time um, that those boys hadn't quite maybe cemented their spots as a number 10. Um, so I guess it, that was the whole challenge was coming down and, and, and trying to sort of work for that spot. But I guess that was sort of the, the basis of the decision was this, this whole thing for game time and, and if I could or couldn't um, compete at, at Super Rugby level, basically. Yeah, nice. And it's definitely clear after this season that you definitely can fit it with the best of them. So obviously you just come off a pretty unreal footy season with the Highlanders. How was it to get the nod to steer the ship for the season? Yeah, I, I guess in terms of maybe last year where we'd sort of been sort of mixed and matched a lot around the playing position. Was I going to be at 10 or was I going to be at fullback? Never really got maybe, I reckon last year I improved a lot as well, but Never quite got that consistency in the in the one role. Um, where this year, uh, I, I know for the for the most of it, um, I was at number ten, and felt like I've grown a ton this year. And, and just in terms of game understanding, um, even just feeling comfortable out there, I suppose, and and um, you know that feeling of when you're heading out to a game, you're clear. You don't have that those sort of those edgy nerves as much because you hadn't had the consistency of the role. So. Um, personally, I had a great year. I, I, I just had so much fun doing it. Um, I think the team grew as well, which was awesome to see. And, and we got some really good wins under the belt. And then obviously at the back half of that year, where we managed to beat um, all the Aussie teams and give ourselves a chance at that final was, was awesome. So hugely enjoyable year. And, and, you know, hopefully it's just the start for, for the base of this group. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It was good for you to watch too. Um, so, obviously, at the Highlanders for two years now, what are some of the biggest differences between the Crusaders and the Highlanders environment without giving away too much, obviously? I, yeah, in terms of that, like I've been asked that a couple of times and, and I don't really reckon it's, it's... I don't think it's too much of the environment as such. Um, like, in terms of... Um, I, I think in terms of the teams, everyone's trying to achieve the same result and... A lot of the training principles and, and stuff like that are actually really similar, just with slight tweaks. Um, so in terms of that side of things, like training, the environment, the guys, like we've got really good people and, um, and the likes of that. I'd say what the difference for me is in terms of, it's probably just the facilities and the staffing. 
like when you go to the, when you have a look at round say the Crusaders like they've got a they've got their private field that they've got for them they've got a private gym they've got a private academy gym um, all the uh, all the staff and that are really interconnected with with the training really close uh, and in terms of that you know like that's just that's Crusaders for them there's no public where in terms of our facilities, um, you know, you'll be aware as well how we share with a lot of the high-performance New Zealand stuff. Um, I was blown away. I, I didn't realise there was maybe only 10 or 15 staff down at the Highlanders, and I, I was like, what? The, the Crusaders probably have 25, 30, if not more, staffing yeah. upstairs in, in the headquarters, and, and that sort of threw me. I just I sort of expected and, um, you know, maybe assumed that they were all going to be really similar. Um what about the, um, I, I quite the big windows on the, the gym side? Did that kind of give you a bit of weird people, people walking past and waving and smiling and looking in? Yeah, you get the, the guys at the concrete thing next door always giving a thumbs up or having a good <laughs> class in and um, a few students floating past as well. That's <laughs> good for the boys. But, um, yeah, I mean, just lots of little things like that and, and the fact that we train out on Logan Park, which is the public field and... Um, you know, we do get the luxury occasionally to train inside the stadium, but it's not often. So things like that where you thought you come down and, and I was training inside the stadium all the time and the reality is not that. So I guess that's probably the biggest difference. But I love the fact here that no one ever no one ever says a word about it and they get on with what we've got. And, and I guess that creates a bit of that um, that culture too where we don't need all the all the fancy facilities and everything. It's it's the boys are really happy with what we've got, and, and I think that adds to part of our culture as well down here. Yeah, I, I saw it quite funny how Ash was talking about someone blocked the uh, the toilet that week before the final, so the boys only had the, <laughs> yeah. the one shower, the, or the one, one bathroom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty hard case. The, the one toilet's blocked, and everyone everyone makes a hoorah about it. But no, it, it's true though. You know, like, a, and then you hear stories of what. Um, you know the Blues facilities are like, and they must be next level. So, but um, no, it's a pretty hard case for us. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you talked about a tight knit, or like growing up with a few lads at um, college playing rugby, and then going to the Crusaders with them. What was it like lacing up against them for the first time? Yeah, well, I mean, in, in terms of leaving, like say leaving the Crusaders, I, I was actually really nervous to tell sort of my mates in that group. Um, because so many of those Crusader boys that I was playing with and that were like the, the, just the hard, the, the loyalty is so hard there that, you know, you've got so many centurions, the guys don't play for anyone else. Mm. Um, all my mates I was leaving behind. So I was really nervous around how I was going to sort of break the news or was were they going to f- see it as, as it weird because I was heading off and, and these guys are so loyal to the one club and that. And, um, everyone was actually really, really good about it. Which, and and I don't know if I was I was pleasantly surprised, but I thought it was going to be, you know, seen as as a bit, I don't know, a bit worse than it was. And um, everyone was really good, but it's always hard case playing those guys at school. And, and there's that banter on the field, or you're in a ruck and someone chucks a palm in your face or a wee elbow in the head, and you know it's obviously nothing dirty, but. It's great playing those boys and, and giving that crap when you can. And um, I don't think I'd won against them until this year. So that was quite nice to get that little notch on the belt 
um, against those boys in Christchurch. But um, absolutely, nah, it's hard case, and I enjoy playing them because it always means you get to <laughs> you means you get to catch up. So nah, it's always good. And then what about amalgamating into the Highlanders group? Did anyone mention that uh, drop goal from a few seasons prior? Standing up my first day there, and I was being introduced by Kane Hemmington. And so they're giving these messages about us, putting a bit of crap on the on the um, on the projector behind us. Here's a bit of deta- detail and info on Mitch. And then right at the end, I was sort of waiting for it. I was like, oh shit, I might have missed this bullet. And then right <laughs> at the end, uh, he goes, yeah, we've got one more thing to play. He clicks the button, and it just it gets played on maybe repeat a couple of times in front of everyone. And I'm just like, oh shit, this has got a bit awkward. But um, I don't think anyone sort of really said too much after that. And most of the fans and that, I get the odd comments still, but um, yeah, hopefully I'm still trying to make up for it, I reckon. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to talk about, and it's um, kind of come to light in the last couple of days with the, the European finals over the weekend, but it's kind of those, um, after a bad game or making a mistake, it's kind of the comments that, that people put on social media. Like, do you find yourself checking social media in the comments online? Like, do, do you notice those? Or over time, do you kind of learn just to check that shit out and like not even bother looking? Yeah, I think that's definitely a, over time learned to sort of block it out. Um, definitely, I can see how it hits hard, eh? Because some people are, are genuinely brutal, and as a player, I'm, I'm fully aware that uh, I'm open to criticism and opinions and all that stuff on on comments, and that's absolutely fine. I understand that comes with it, but then there's that sort of that few percent that genuinely take a lot of that stuff too far. Um, you, uh, like I said, yeah, I, I've learned to, I don't even really read them anymore. I do very occasionally, but I find that I don't need like validation or anything. Like if I have a good game and, and we'll say this, like as a point, you know, when you leave the field, if you've had an amazing game, uh, okay game, average game, really, really shit game. I don't need to go on social media to, to be validated from all the all the people that I've played well or I don't need to see and understand that I've played shit because I know first and foremost before everyone else, um, you know, the game that I've played. So uh, I pretty much block it all out these days and um, I do get surprised by a few, like in terms of probably the, the recent thing that sticks out for me. I think an 11-year-old, I clicked on his page, I got this personal message from an 11-year-old and I was like, Far out, man. Like, what are you doing to say this sort of stuff to me at 11 years old? You know, like, and again, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, I've learned to flush it all, but I'm, I'm still very surprised that some of the guys or some of the people that message, it's, it's pretty crazy, to be fair. Yeah, 100%. Like, the fact that you see, just in the comments of something, people have the balls just to, to go on there and try and defame someone just because they had a bad game and they think it's not like they could do a better job. Um, do they kind of yeah. teach you about that whole stuff when you come into the performance program, like say the Crusaders Academy and that, is there stuff around like just being in the public eye and how to deal with that kind of stuff? I mean, they, they teach you sort of how to conduct yourself or try to around the likes of social media and, and the media. But to be fair, I don't think there's been a heck of a lot and maybe there's not enough on what you're talking about around actually getting this hate and, and dealing with that. Mm. Like, um, again, we're talking about the few percent that actually do message and, and the majority of fans and people are actually really, really good. And 
Yeah. Even if you have a bad game, you know, I'll get a few messages that be like, oh, head up, mate, no worries, you know, which is which yeah. is really cool to see. Well, that's, that's good to it know. Is, um, yeah, no, it, it is awesome. So you get those guys which are awesome, and the majority that probably don't comment are actually not phased anyway. It's just that that few percent that do wreck it. But, um, yeah, I, I reckon there's probably not enough not teachings or learnings or or understandings from from maybe academies and that around the hate side of things and, yeah. and what that could do to players in terms of confidence. Um, like I say, they teach you how to conduct yourself on social media, you know, responsible posting and all that, but actually receiving that sort of hate, I, I potentially don't reckon is enough. Um, if you could say one thing to an internet troll before they post or message an athlete, what would it be? Um... One thing, I imagine it was your son or like your brother or someone there sitting on the couch reading comments, the, like the, the ones that they post, you know, or your best mate who's in a, in a spot like that. I reckon if they saw it from that perspective that it was going to be their son getting what they wrote or yeah, like I say, their mate, uh, someone like that, someone very close to them getting that heat. Um as I say, it, it might not be, you know, and I know my mum struggles a shitload with it because she's obviously on Facebook and I have to tell her to get off Facebook. But <laughs> for it's not necessarily the player sometimes. It's actually their family. I know my grandparents are on Facebook and they follow all the rugby. My, my aunties and uncles are all part of that. So it's not really... It's, it can not only just be the player, but it's actually their families that get hit harder. Yeah. And they really struggle to deal with some of the stuff that's spoken about them for sure. So maybe thinking of it, thinking of it that way um, might change minds a little bit. Mm. So we'll change gears a little bit. So obviously you've just fresh into Nelson today from Dunedin, um, ready to get stuck into the NPC season. What do you enjoy most about playing for Tassie? I think Tassie for me is um, obviously we sort of said it before as well around how it's home, um, the chance to come back home and, you know, I, I bunk in with my mum, which is quite a hard case, <laughs> still here. So I get to live with her for three months and get some dinners cooked in the, in the works, which is awesome. So I guess number one for me is that it's home and I get to see friends and family here or people you haven't connected with for a while. And um, oh, I love that F of here um, I guess the other part is that I said again this to someone the other day and it was around I, I love the fact that the, the history of Tasman is actually so short that you can you know like we've sort of grown up maybe through high school and that and we saw the the Tassie teams that struggled and then we saw the Tassie teams that started to to make a difference you know, they won the the um, the championship in 2013 to put them to the premiership. Then we saw a couple of um, Tassie teams get really close to finals. And then the fact that I was able to be part of like a, a winning finals group, I think it really hits home the um, how much hard work Tassie's had to do. And when you look at the likes of maybe a Canterbury or an Auckland, like their history so, so deep, so long that, you wouldn't see those struggles because it would have just been blurred out in time. Um, mm. Where I think when you can genuinely see our history, <laughs> we've watched the team struggle to then be great. I think it's sort of, um, I sort of think that hits home for me around, you know, we saw the players that struggled and then the players that started to, to build it through to, to what Tasman is now. So 
yeah, that's something that sticks out for me. And I think why well, I love coming here and, and playing so much and um, now helping be, you know, helping Tasman be a successful team and, you know, going going for three titles would be pretty cool. We could get that. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome way to look at it too. There's a bit of it as well, like obviously now getting go, to go back and play with those guys that you were at the Crusaders with or you went through school with. Is that a big part of it as well? I kind of see a lot of the time on social media and stuff. It looks like you guys just genuinely enjoy playing with each other and playing for Tasman. Yeah, I think that's, you know, completely part of it. Um, you know, also now to see the likes of those guys, I, I think if you look at when, say, Liam Squire and, and Davey Havili were in the All Blacks, like they were the first one and two All Blacks out of Tasman or in this yeah. modern Tasman area anyway. And now in this season, we've got seven. So things like that where you can just see that um, Tasman's not a little union anymore. It's not a it's not a throwaway. It's like guys want to come here and be successful, and they genuine genuinely is a chance for a career in in Super Rugby and or now higher to the All Blacks. So I think we're now this is a place where people want to come and be a part of. Makes that whole environment and, and place here so fun. Um, like you see, there's this core group of of Tasman born guys, whether Blenheim, Nelson or over over the bay and, and um, Ethan and, and Quinn like there's just the sense of representing Tasman is, is so much fun and it's home so yeah I guess there's that extra element of that for the likes of um, the core group of guys from the region as well yeah absolutely oh mate it's been great to have you on and all the best for the Tasman campaign I look forward to seeing how you boys get on awesome mate good to catch up good stuff